You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, the Thursday edition. Hope you're doing well, Raider Nation. Another special thank you to Amik Robertson, Raiders cornerback, for joining us in the last segment. Mo, a great conversation. You know, we try to get players on as much as we can. It's tough during the season when you're not in the building. You can, you know, stick a microphone in somebody in the locker room. Uh, but we appreciate the Raiders PR staff for for wrangling Amik for us. A guy you and I have kind of talked about, thought he was going to go away there towards preseason when he didn't seem to be playing that well. And as he said, something just clicked. Uh, and it's nice to see that. And it's nice to be able to talk to a player. And a guy who really laid it out for us of how he's gotten better and what he works on in his craft to be the best player he can be. Yeah, and I like how he went into his uh, difficulty at first with run fits. And he talked about the, the the difference between lining up on the outside and the inside because it is a transition. A lot of people think, oh, it's just, you know, it's the same thing. It's just the quarterback position. No, there are different responsibilities. And he said the main thing is a lot of space, going to have to play to run. Uh, there, are, there are routes that certain bigger receivers may run, smaller, faster receivers may run. You have to be prepared for all of that. So I think there's a lot more to going in going into uh, a slot cornerback's mind when they step on the field because there are so many things that they have to watch out for, whereas you're on the boundary, you're on the boundary guard in the boundary or or the field version or the field version of the position. So you don't have to worry about, hey, I got to play to run. I got to not, you know, fall for the eye candy, you know, the, the, <laughs> the fakes and all of that stuff. When you're in the slot, a lot of that stuff comes into play and, and he's picking it up. He said he just learned from, he learned a lot from Nate, Nate Hobbs, which is a good thing. That's actually my nickname, Eye Candy. Did you know that? Gosh. No. <laughs> Mo didn't even laugh very hard at that one because he's like, what? What's going what? on here? Oh, my God. Like candy corn. Eye Candy Corn. Oh, God. I cannot stand candy corn. You know, I now what? Now what? Now watch. Somebody's going to be like, Mo, if you lose this next fantasy football game, which is possibly to happen because my team sucks right now, you got to right, have right some now. candy corn on Halloween. I'm like, oh, yeah. gosh, here we go. Well, here's the deal, though. Uh, My wife bought my kids candy corn, and you would have been proud because I told her, I said, absolutely not. I don't want to buy candy corn. She said, well, the kids, I I don't care. The kids don't know what's good for them. They're kids. Don't get them candy corn. Get them something else. So she buys the candy corn. I'm like, I go, you know what? I got to I'm going to tell Mo you bought candy corn. She's like, what are you talking about? I said, you don't Mo candy corn. So I started telling her all the food stuff. And she's like, oh, yeah, no, I've listened to the show a couple times, the cheesecake. I knew about the cheesecake and the pizza and all that kind of stuff, which my wife 
tried early in our marriage to get pineapple pizza, would not allow it. I said, hey, divorce, there's the door. You Plain and simple. Down, Scott. You got, yeah, dude, right. there's some things in life you cannot bend on, okay? Mm-hmm. Marriage is about give and take, no question. But when it comes to pizza and pineapples, no, sir. All right, back to football. Sorry for the, the food digression there. Um, <laughs> but, Mo, you talked about, I mean, he's going to have this bigger role uh, with Nate Hobbs out, obviously, against the Broncos on Sunday. Let's talk about the Broncos. What is this Raider defense? Let's start on that side of the ball. Russell Wilson has been a flop so far in Denver. I'm a Russell Wilson guy. I like Russell Wilson. Um, mm-hmm. I still think he's got plenty left in the tank. But they're having trouble, which Raider fans know all about. Raider fans are ha- The Raider offense is having issues, too. So is the Broncos. Uh, what are you seeing from them? What kind of challenge are they going to present that Raiders defense? It's funny because I think Russell Wilson is most dangerous when he's on the move. Mm-hmm. So you know how fans want Derek Carr to be more mobile because he has the athleticism, he has the athleticism to do it. That's when Russell Wilson is his most dangerous. I think when he tries to be a pocket passing quarterback, it takes away from why he's special and why he was able to get to a Super Bowl and and went and go to a bunch of you know have a bunch of Pro Bowl nominations and whatnot. But when he's on the move. The Raiders are going to have issues, and we saw it with Kyler Murray. Now, he's not on the Kyler Murray level right now in this point in his career, but when he first right. got into the league, he was scrambling around. Like, you couldn't eat, and Russell Wilson is under six feet, so it's hard to find him behind a big offensive line. <laughs> but when he starts moving, when he's, when he's mobile and he's improvising, I think that's when he's most dangerous. So if we see a Russell Wilson who's mobile and in and out of the pocket, could be trouble for the Raiders if they can't corral him or have a spy on him. So so then so then we think about you know the next closest example and even though he's not at the level of Kyler Murray because the legs are older let's face it um, yeah. when you look at how the Raiders played the Cardinals that second half Kyler Murray started moving around the Raiders if they get the pressure and they flush Russell Wilson out of the pocket is that necessarily a good thing or is this one of the situations where you want to bracket him a little bit keep him in the pocket and make him throw the ball. I think you want to keep him in the pocket because I think once you force him to move, it could be trouble because, as we saw with Kyler Murray, the Raiders just weren't – I don't want to say they weren't prepared for it, but they didn't have the bodies to to mm. counter that. So that could be to the Raiders' detriment once he starts moving. I think you want to keep him in the pocket, but you also want to get some pressure on him. You don't want him to sit back in the pocket and have Oreos and cookies and milk <laughs> and pick apart your secondary. You you want to put some pressure on him, and that's that's been our angst about the Raiders' defense is that they're not getting enough pressure. And I know sacks aren't everything, but I believe Max Crosby is the only defender with a sack on the roster right now. So that has to get a lot better. Chandler Jones, I, I, I know I said this last week. I said this previous show. He's got to show up. Eventually, he's got to show up, but the Raiders' defense is going to be better. Yeah. Okay, so now if we switch sides of the ball, Mo, and we think about the the Raiders' offense uh, against this Denver defense, which is still pretty good, uh, what do the Raiders have to do? We, we've heard all the talk about Derek Carr. We talked about that in the first segment and what he's got to do. I have every confidence, uh, even though I've said I'm not sure Derek Carr's future is in Las Vegas after this year, depending what happens. I still think, though, that Derek Carr is going to have a good season, that he it will start to click like it did for Meek Robertson on defense. I think it'll start to click for Derek Carr. Um, do we see overcompensation, though, from him this week now because of this criticism uh, with not going to Devontae Adams? Is, is Josh McDaniels, despite what he said in the press conference, going to push plays towards the receiver more? Or what happens here with this offense? What will tell you in the first series you see them come out 
What are you looking for to see how this game's going to go for Derek Carr, Josh McDaniels, and the offense? I want to see how quickly, how early, how often they get Devontae involved. Now, if they if the first two series Devontae has like eight targets, you know what type of day it's going to be. Devontae's going to have about 20 targets. He's going to have about 100-something <laughs> yards and a touchdown or two, which may be a good thing because – to me, it's not about the target volume because a lot of people are arguing about, oh, you at the, at, after week one, you said he was going to Devontae too much, and then when he spreads the ball around, you're still complaining. It's not about the volume. It's when he goes to him. So in the, when the Rays are in the, in the red zone, they're struggling to put the ball in the end zone, that's when you go to Devontae Adams. I believe he's had double-digit touchdowns his last two years. That's what you brought him in for. Not to just rack up a bunch of yards but because you, so you could finish drives because that's what he did in Green Bay. So when the Raiders are in the Renzo, inside the 20-yard line of their opponent, go to Devontae Adams, run the football, mix it up. You'll get good results. There you go. See? So, uh, Mo, you, you mentioned um, in the few minutes we have left, let's talk about, uh, number one, your prediction Raiders Broncos. This is again a must-win game for the Raiders with the Chiefs looming the following week in a big game in Kansas City. Um, how do you see this one netting out for Las Vegas? Do they win the game? Do they get the offense back on track, or is it going to be a slog fest? I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is going to sound like a, I mean, I don't want to cop out because there, there is some uncertainty there. with if you If you're down two cornerbacks... I wouldn't feel good about the Raiders' chances. Now, I think Amik is going to step up to the challenge, but what about the other side of the field? Remember, Anthony Averitt's on IR. If you're down two starting quarterbacks, it's going to be tough stopping Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Now, if they if they have at least one of those guys, Nate Hobbs or Rocky Asin back and, and Amik Robinson, I have the betting column that came out on Bleacher Report. I have the Raiders winning the game by two, but I have the Broncos covering simply because of this. The Broncos, as you, as you said, their defense is pretty good. So I could see this game coming down to one or two point margin. Now the Raiders are favored by two and a half. And again, I think the Raiders can win, but if they do win, it's going to be by one or two points because Denver is not going to let them score, not, not going to allow them to score a lot of points. And as you said, the Denver Broncos offense has been struggling. Uh, they scored 11 points against the 49ers last Sunday. The Raiders offense hasn't been able to put together a complete game. They play a good quarter here, a good half there. So I could see it being a 24-22 game like the Titans game, but maybe even lower. It could be 23-21. I believe that's what I had on the column. Uh, my colleagues more said 23-20, but I said 23-21 simply because the Broncos defense is going to shrink the game. It's going to make it very tough for the Raiders offense. Yeah, it's it, and I, I think it's going to be very tough for the offense too. I think they might play better. But I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. Uh, I really do. I can see this, the winning team, low 20s, uh, 20, yeah. 21 points, uh, and the other side, 14, 17 points, something like that. I'm going to pick the Raiders because I just I want some positivity on the podcast. Um, and, and I just, no, no. I, I really <laughs> think this game, at, this game at home with everything everyone's heard, and I know they all say they don't listen, but they do. And I think, um, I don't know if you heard Michael Lombardi talking about the Raiders. 
uh, on his GM Shuffle podcast this week, but he talked about it. He said, look, they're just not executing. He said it's not necessarily that they're not calling the right plays, and he mentioned his son is the, the offensive coordinator, even though he's not calling the plays. Uh, and he said, I would tell him this, they're just not executing. When you have Darren Waller dropping two huge passes, which both probably should have been touchdowns, one was yep. for sure, the other probably was as well, um, you, you can't avoid looking at that. So you have, you have pieces in place to win ball games. You have the talent you need. The talent just hasn't executed, and that's everybody, and they own it all. And so so I think they, they got to do that it, it, because you're at that inflection point to me three, four games in where it's like, okay, so you got your three games in, almost like a preseason for the, for the, for the starting uh, offensive unit. Now you got to put it together, and I think they do, Mo. So here's the thing. The Denver Broncos offense has been clunky, right? The Raiders have we've seen flashes, but we see more. We've seen more from the Raiders' offense than we've seen from the Broncos' offense. That's true, very to, true. To be honest with you, so to me, like I said, I think it's a one or two point game because of the Broncos' defense is going to keep the minute. But the Raiders are going to have to finally put together a complete game to win this one because if the Broncos hang around, Russell Wilson could get you some points at least in field goal range, and maybe this time they send Russell Wilson out there instead of their kicker to finish the drive, <laughs> but Nathaniel Hackett has realized his mistake. So as time goes on, the Broncos are progressing. They're figuring it out between Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson, but the Raiders having their flashes, they have to put it all together because if they wait until the second game to get the Broncos, get to get the Broncos, the Broncos are going to be a much better team once they play again in that second game in Denver. So the Raiders are going to get to the Broncos and split the series. At least they got to <laughs> win it on Sunday. They have all to. Right. All right, Mo. So, so in in the few minutes we got left, we have to talk about fantasy football. <laughs> so there is oh, there man. is the the silver and black today fantasy football league, and I'm having a technical issue today for those of you mm -hmm. watching, so I can't get the screen up, which is I'm sure Mo probably has. Some, he's hacking me from New York, um, so course. I don't show it. But but there's only one zero and three team in the NFL. There's only one zero and three team in silver and black today's league, yep. and that of course is Mo. But Mo and I, I know you were have. You were having this. You were having this conversation. Is you're like fourth or fifth in in points. So so you've been a victim, and you called it the first week you played me, and and I beat you, uh, which was you. It's matchups, right? It was mat matchups, and in fantasy football, when you're playing in a matchup league, you can have a great week, and then somebody has a week out of their mind, a game you would usually win uh, five out of six times. You lose. So um, as much as I like making fun of you being 0-3, <laughs> I think it was Slow Jam James who brought that up, or Kelly maybe. Uh, no, Kelly, Kelly would just be rubbing it in on you. Um, but Kelly but brought it up. Oh, he did bring it up. Okay. So mm -hmm. so you look at that, and so you're not you're, you're in last place at 0-3 right now, but you're mm -hmm. scoring points. So eventually it's going to even out. Yeah, eventually it's going to and I made a joke of this on Twitter is that my season is very parallel to the Raiders season, right? I'm 0-3. You poor The Raiders bastard. are 0-3. And they're, the Raiders, by the way, are 10th in scoring. They're 10th in scoring with an 0-3 record. How does that happen? That's crazy. Right? So and, crazy. in the Silver and Black League, I'm, I'm the fifth highest scoring team in the league, which means I'm outscoring more than half the league. True. But I'm 0-3. So yes. just like you in week one where you outscored everyone, Kelly beat me last week. And he outscored every. I believe he had the highest score out of everyone. He did, and he's got he's got twenty more points for than I do, and you only have nine points less than I do, and I'm three and zero. Oh. So if you it, 
it goes back to that point. It's just matchups. Right. I've, I've gotten lucky. And, and our good friend, Just Win Wendy, who I love, she's a wonderful person. I think she yes. had like 60 points last week. And I played her. I had 100 something or 99, it, something it, like that. It killed me to see it because Just Win Wendy played me. When Just Win Wendy played me in week two, right? She had 113, 117 <laughs> points. She was like one of the top three scoring teams. <laughs> then she gets to you and she scores 64 points. Wendy, what's going on? You She's just, my gal. Thank you, Wendy. You, you just. You gave me the biggest punch. You get the Scott and you just kind of roll over like, Wendy, come on now. We, we, we're supposed to be in this together. Oh, yeah. There you go. There you go. But uh, just so you know, multiple scoregasms, which is a really funny name, mm-hmm. by the way. I got to look. Yeah. I forgot who that was. I got to look it up. Uh, why am I forgetting whose team that is? Anyway, so multiple scoregasms, first place, three, uh, three, and oh, along with me at three and oh, um, because they have the points lead there as well. Uh, then you have Kelly, right, at 2-1. and one. So Kelly, uh, who started off, I think, uh, with, with the win uh, or with a loss. The Idaho Infidels, followed by North County Raider, Bay Area Raider, Slow Jam James, who we all picked to win the league, is at 1-2. and two, uh, And he's had some trouble with some points, actually, for him. Raiders of the Lost Yard, which is David Stepanian, our producer. Carmageddon, Max Power, just winning, which is Wendy. Wendy, and of course, Mostradamus. So I will have the image for you guys on YouTube next time. I'm having an issue here on my end, so we'll figure it out. But it's Thursday, and I don't want to deal with it. So we're just going to forge on. But good times, good fun. So when you guys see us tweet about uh, this fantasy football stuff, you know what we're talking about. And we'll do, at some point, we're going to do a separate show. We'll drop a show midweek or something along with the mailbag where we just talk a bunch of, we'll get we'll get the party line going here. We'll get a bunch of people from the league on and we'll just chat about it. But we're just starting out. It's only three weeks in, so we want to give it some time. Yeah, I was going to say, we got to get the people, men and women, who are in our yes. league on the show just to kind of talk smack because it's all it's all fun and games. Just, it is. just remember that I'm 0-3 right now, but if I come back and I make the playoffs, <laughs> each and every one of you in this league will never hear the end of it. That's true. After you I, try to bury me, you I, will I, never I, hear the end of it if I come back. I don't see you not making the playoffs. I really do. I mean, at, at worst, I think you get you get up. I think, well, no, playoffs, we have to get up. Is 14th, it top four? Four. Top so you got to get top four. That's that's not. I mean, two difference. It's early. Now, if you go 0 and 6, maybe. But but I'm telling you, you know, at 2 and 1 versus 0 and 3, I mean, at 3 and 0, 0 and 3, it's not that big of a deal early on, especially with matchups. And I got, we haven't even hit buys yet. Buys kill people. Trust me. I'm one game out of sixth place, by the way, just saying. <laughs> one game out of sixth place. Uh, we're one <laughs> game out of sixth place. Yes. Just like the Raiders are number one for the waiver claims. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's, that's yeah. A I think you know what's gonna happen. When the Raiders win, then I'll finally win it. This is there's some kind of parallel universe between my fantasy football team and the Raiders season. That would be freaky. That would be freaky. But anyway, well, that's gonna that's gonna close out our show for this Thursday and for this week. Mo, um, it'll be interesting on Sunday. We'll see either Raider Nation. We really would like to see a win because we want to get positive questions uh, for the mailbag next week. We want to get some excitement. And more than that, Mo, I want Raider Nation to feel good. I just, you know, we want them to be happy and have a better week next week as they head into October and, and feel good about their team. Yeah, it's not fun having people talk about the draft and it's not even October yet. <laughs> Yeah, that's just not I've been what you of want. A little bit, yeah, yeah. Uh, talking about the draft and just basically throwing in the towel on the season already. At the Raiders drop to zero four, 
and then you got the Kansas City Chiefs an hour ahead, I, I could see how the fans would be like, well, th- this is, you know, the season's a lost season. I, you just don't want to see that this early. Like I said, yes. early, late September, early October. No, no question about that one. All right, my friend. Well, uh, thank you again. Make sure you follow Mo on Twitter. You can see his handle down there at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N, Mo Moten. Read his stuff. Believe me, you will be smarter and know more about football if you read his stuff on Bleacher Report. He's also the Raiders columnist over on SportsNot.com, so make sure you follow him there as well. You can check out my weekly Stocks Up, Stocks Down, more down than up. Uh, Raiders column as well on sportsnot.com. Also follow me at LV Gully, the show SNB today on Twitter. You can also subscribe to the show there, the podcast uh, by clicking the link uh, as well. So make sure you do that. Also mailbag show. We continue to get questions. I got five more questions today. So if you want to mail us questions for the mailbag show next week, which Mo and I love to do, it is mail at silver and black today.com. So we got all the plugs in. It's now time to roll. My friend, I will see you next week. Hopefully after Raiders win. Yes, sir. All right. For everybody here, for our producer, David Stepanian, for everybody at Odyssey, for Mo and Scott, thank you so much for being with us. We'll talk to you Sunday. Yes, Sunday on the postgame show here, uh, wherever you get the podcast or watch us, we will be ready to go with that. Myself and Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. All right. Have a great weekend, everybody, and I hope we can talk to you next time after a Raiders win. Take care.